Welcome to the Blister Podcast, a program dedicated to interesting people, the great outdoors, and a bunch of other stuff we like. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, we are launching our new up and coming series on the Blister Podcast. And the idea here is that we're going to be highlighting from time to time some athletes who, if they aren't already on your radar, they certainly should be. And first up here is Dylan Siggers, who is someone we've become big fans of at Blister because Dylan is a very impressive and fun skier to watch. But what Dylan is also doing on a bike, that's really impressive to us too. And the number of people who are this good on a bike and this good on a pair of skis, well, that is a very short list. So in the show notes to this episode, we'll include links to several videos of Dylan skiing and several other videos of Dylan biking, and you're going to be able to see why we're such big fans. And in addition to being a very good skier and mountain biker, Dylan is also a down-to-earth guy who is also very involved in filmmaking, and he even finds time to still play in a band. So we talked to Dylan about skiing and biking and how and where he came up, and we also talk about filming and music and more. And speaking of bikes, I want to remind you that Outer Bike is coming to Mount Crested Butte. The best bike demo in the universe returns to the world's best trails from August 16th through the 18th. You can choose from over 1,000 different bikes to demo and enjoy the world-famous trails of Crested Butte and Mount Crested Butte. All full demo registrations and bring-your-own-bike registrations include access to the lift-served cross-country and downhill bike trails of the Crested Butte Mountain Bike Park, as well as access to classic rides like Lupin, Upper Loop, and the Lower Loop. Register today at OuterBike.com, and while you are up in Mount CB, you should most definitely come say hi to us and check out Blister HQ, which is located in Elevation Hotel, right next to the chairlifts in Mount CB. So come ride Outer Bike, come say hi to us, and come check out Blister HQ from August 16th through the 18th. And now, let's go ahead and get to our conversation with the very talented Dylan Siggers. Dylan, how are you today, and where are you today? I'm, uh, I'm at home in Fernie. And I am super good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the middle of like not having very much editing to do. And uh, I've got a bunch of friends in town biking. One of my best friends is down from the coast. And it's kind of just all week is just riding bikes, <laughs> riding, riding and going to the river. That's pretty, so, that is pretty good. Pretty stoked. Were you, were you born and raised in Fernie? Yes. So I've, I was born in Fernie. My dad moved here when he was, uh, probably in his early 20s, and then was a ski patroller and a dog handler and super involved in skiing, and now I'm kind of doing the same thing, just <laughs> trying to figure out how to ski all the time and hang out and live in Fernie, basically. Well, speaking of your dad, um, I mean, he seems like actually a bit of sort of a Fernie legend, right? I mean... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> this, this is... Uh, he de- he deserves a minute or two. I mean, tell me tell me about it's Robin Siggers, is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Robin is his name. Yeah. He's like uh yeah, he he uh so my dad has been like oh my god, I don't know how long he's worked at the ski hill, 30 years or something. I think he did 35 years a few years ago. 
So he was working there when they had one chairlift and then slowly got into ski patrol and then was a ski patroller for a long time. And now he's uh, the mountain, I don't know, wait, outdoor operations manager at the ski hill. Um, so he's he skis literally every day and probably does like, I, what, I don't know, he's like his early 60s and he skis over 120 days a year, I think. And uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty sweet. Like I'm, I'm super lucky to have... Uh, to have had him so involved in skiing. It's definitely like everything I have is because he had such a, I had such a close relationship with the ski hill in Fernie and then got to have so many opportunities through through the resort and skiing and going skiing every day. And yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely a Fernie, Fernie guy. Yeah, <laughs> Fernie guy and legend. Yeah. Did you have any choice whether you were going to become a skier or not? I, uh, I think I don't I like I kind of remember, but I pretty much like didn't like skiing till I was like seven, maybe like nine. And uh, when I grew up, I figured out because I, I I apparently I'd try and go skiing, and my parents would try and go skiing. But my, I remember my pajamas under my snow pants would get all bunched up, and then I'd get upset, and I wouldn't want to go anymore. <laughs> it was, so, it was, was the pants. Yeah, no, they didn't. I couldn't like articulate that because I was a child. But like now, I know that's why I hated it. <laughs> I just couldn't get my pants on, and the pajamas working. And then, uh, and so I'd end up like playing in the yard in the snow and lots of like, like I started skiing from skiing like off of my, my parents' house had a roof that would avalanche and make a big, big pile of snow that eventually would connect to the roof. And then you could ski off the roof into a little jump and then we'd build a little jump. And then, and then eventually it's like, it wasn't really rails at all at that point because I was too small. But like, you know, you build like a one meter gap and then you, and you're like, oh, I jumped a meter, really cool. And then eventually, I remember snowblades happening, and I, I was like seven though. And at that point, twin I wanted t to ski twin tips, and my older friends had twin tips in the neighborhood, but they they used snowblades because they were like these tiny little twin tip skis. And I'm like a seven year old, so like snowblades are actually, you know, they weren't they weren't that small for a kid. <laughs> and so I'd like ski snowblades, but like big like big mountain snowblading <laughs> and like ski with my like giant full face and my poles and try and be like Seth Morrison or whatever but I think that was before I even knew what that stuff was but I definitely <laughs> definitely wore a full face and uh snowbladed with poles and uh it was sweet because I could ski steep stuff and like do like jump turns and it was really easy because I was a tiny child and didn't know how to ski really like I'm sure I knew how to ski kind of but so you're not kidding you're like a seven-year-old wearing a full face and by the way, oh L yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I need to. I'm real conscious of this now. LJ Strenio just corrected me on the proper terminology and history. And I'm ski blades. We're aren't we supposed to be calling them ski boards? I think yeah. yeah no, sorry, ski boards. Yeah. Ski so boards. I was not in. I was not old enough to have any idea of the proper context of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I, I think just... I was. I think I was actually definitely riding snowblades. <laughs> I don't think what I had were ski boards. Okay. I think I had snow blades. <laughs> I just, if, if LJ hears this, I just, I do not want him to be like, dude, I just explained this to you. That it was ski boards. Yeah. And I listened to that. Yeah, no, in, in one ear out the other. Yeah, no. Well, they're actually doing stuff on their ski boards, right? Like they're like hitting jumps and doing moves. I, I was on like little Solomon, like, I'm pretty sure they said snow blade yeah, on them. That's, yep. <laughs> okay. So we were on the like, yeah. I, I mean, I wonder when that was. I was, if I was, if I was like seven, that was before I had seen my first ski movie and before I had my first copy of Freeze or anything like that. Well, and you're, you're currently 24, is that correct? 
I'm 26 now. You're 26. Yeah, I know. They haven't updated that uh, line page since I was 24. Okay. <laughs> the most important question, next question to ask you, though, is tell me there is video footage of you as a seven-year-old in a full face on ski blades. I bet there's no videos, but there's definitely photos. I could definitely get you a photo if you'd like to that, see that. I want that more than like anything in the world right oh, now. Oh, yeah. My dad would be hyped to find that. That's amazing. Okay. Um... No, yeah, definitely. I had like like a giant red full face that was pretty much shaped like a watermelon. And these like poles. I don't know why. I kept I'd always like go past like poles and like hit my pole off the off like the telephone poles or like trees and stuff to bend them so they would like <laughs> bend like racer poles because I thought that was cool. Like <laughs> having bent poles for tucking, it would be faster, but <laughs> on snowblades. <laughs> well, you bring up racing, and this is something that we tend to ask, you know, the skiers I talk to. Did you actually ever do any formal racing or race training? No, I never raced at all. Not even close. I think in high school I did the race team because it was like a thing we could go, like at the end of the year you get to go on a ski trip to one of the races. But I was, I was never, I don't know. I think my, probably because my dad was just never really interested in like pushing me into anything or doing anything like that or, or, or racing or anything. He just skied because it was fun and loved powder skiing. Um, I remember going to like, they had a little Nancy Green, like it was like a little open race course where you could like go by, it'd be like going to the rail park, but you go to the race course and then you race down and then they, you get like a time or something. And then you just cruise through that on a lap or something. I, I remember doing that and I didn't think racing was like not cool or anything. I just was never even, that was never like an inkling in my mind at all to, to race, I, I guess. I don't know why. Were you in fact getting race instruction or, you know, proper technique instruction in terms of how to carve a turn etc i i honestly i think i think no no not at all <laughs> you think no this seems like, pretty, a yes like, my, no. like i've heard i i know i like from my perspective no not at all but like i don't think <laughs> my dad was at all teaching me it's just like we just kind of went skiing together and and if, if i didn't feel like going skiing he'd be like ah oh, whatever you do what you want it, i they, they were really like supportive and whatever like if I didn't want to do something or did want to do something, it wasn't like, okay, you're going to ski. We're going to dump a bunch of money into this and make you make you make it. It, it was just, oh, you like skiing? Let's go ski. That's fun. You're telling me at no point was an instructor like, now you want to keep pressure on the downhill ski. No. Like, I mean, so I I got in, like, that's what I mean. Like, that's, that's the snowblading thing when I was a little kid. We would just, I had these little snowblades and the the older kids, like in the neighborhood, they were like, maybe like four years older than me and they had snowblades. So I'm like, oh, they want, dad, my Beeline and Briley have snowblades. I want those. <laughs> and so he got me some and then we would just, then I could just ski around the hill. You know, you could just make it up for yourself because you can like, they were so small that you, you just, it's like hockey skating. Actually, that was one thing I did do. I, I played a lot of hockey in the backyard. Our neighbors, our neighbors that I'm still really good friends with, they, they had a hockey rink. So we would play a lot of hockey and then like you put on snowblades. It's, it's really similar. And you're, you're not really trying to do tricks. You're just trying to get down like, corner pocket or something and you just go skiing but I did once I was a little older there was like a free ride group that the hill had like a, it was like a ski instructing or like lessons but it was like the free ride group or free ski club or something and uh and I had to get long skis to be in that they wouldn't let me snowblade in that <laughs> so I got these long skis and I like I think I spray painted them or something and I remember funny enough I don't think many people know this but like Rob like Rob Hewley he he skied in Fernie like as a child like a ton so he was actually in my free ride group and he was a little older than me and he had like ghetto blasters and 
sick baggy pants and he like wore them all low and was all cool and uh, he was like the cool the cool like ripper in the, the group and so I always looked up to Rob a lot <laughs> but I did did that a bit but it was more just skiing around and just not not very much instruction okay. <laughs> I think like kind of party and party ski instructor guy <laughs> taking a bunch of kids going skiing <laughs> <laughs> let's shift here for a second let's talk about bikes if you started skiing on ski blades with a full face when you were seven, when did you get introduced to bikes? I've always loved bikes. Like, I, I, I think like I think when I was like three-ish or something. I have some. I, I can give you some old pictures of me riding a bike too, if you want. This is amazing. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I've always biked, like forever. I think, I think, yeah, like I. My dad mountain biked as mountain biking was becoming a, like a sport basically, which would have been in the mid nineties, like that it began like reaching places and then the mountain bike culture was developing in Fernie. Um, and I always had little, I don't know, we, I, had, I had a little, little girl's bike that was pink and like white tires and I could rip that around and do little wheelies and stuff. And, and then uh, we got a skate park in Fernie and the skate park was really fun to go bike at and through Dad, I don't know. I've just always biked and made friends through biking and spent spent so much time at the skate park, like with all of my like who who are now like my friends that I've been friends with forever, but we've all been friends since we were like ten or eleven just from yeah, riding the bowl at the skate park. So this was I mean, I think one of the things that is striking about what you do these days is just how capable you are on a pair of skis and on a bike and in a bike park, etc. But this is basically just life as you've always known it. Well, I mean, like I, I this the skiing thing. I've I think I focused on as like okay, this is something I like and I want to try really hard to, I don't know, push myself at it. And but then biking, I've just like a bunch of my really good friends I grew up with are like savage dirt jump kids. Like they're so good at dirt jumping and. Like my one friend Paul, he he's now like a professional slope style rider, and he rides in, road and crankworks and all this stuff. So, so to me, I'm I'm always just like way behind, and I just do it with them because it's like something we've always done, and it's like really really fun for me. But I'm like when we go to the jumps and like ride the dirt jump park, I'm I'm like the worst one there, and I'm just trying to like, oh, you guys did like a triple truck driver, like I'll try and do one truck driver, and <laughs> I just like slam my head into the ground <laughs> trying to keep up. I've always just had friends that were always like exceptionally gnarly on bikes and then just that's just what we do for fun together so talk to me a little bit about your rise on the ski end of things and then on the bike side of things so when i was like 12 fernie had the first little like junior free ski comp that that kind of started in bc and i don't know if, if anyone listening is familiar with the canadian uh, free, junior free ski circuit, but Jeff Holden um, kind of started that. And he's like, now he runs like so, so many junior comps a year. And he's like a massive like influence and, and creator of this whole like fr junior free ski, like IFSA world that is making so many um, exceptional skiers now. Um, so they had one of the first ones in Fernie that, I mean, I mean, not the first one ever, but first one in Fernie when I was 12. And I remember I was in the 12 to 15 category and I was 12, so I was like super overwhelmed. And me and Paul, like, where you could do little backflips at that time and they were letting us do backflips. So me and Paul would, like my, actually a biker friend I mentioned. So we do the comp and then we do our little, 
little run and then we do our backflip at the bottom off the bottom jump that someone had built and like we're ever it's like a big i think it kind of was pretty cool i don't know i don't remember how many people were doing backflips but i remember being like that was fun and people being really excited about it and i ended up winning that event somehow and then i was like oh my god like it was kind of like a like I, I, we just thought we were skiing for fun and like we're like oh we're whatever all these other kids are older and way sicker than us i think colston beeston was actually there that he was there in the older category. And, and that kind of just gave, like, I don't know, I think, I remember driving to the hill one day and my dad just like randomly giving me like this little like, not like a pep talk, but just like kind of like a little confidence conversation of like, oh, you're actually really good at skiing. You should like probably be sponsored maybe. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, then, and then not even related to that, like uh, a local friend of my dad who was a ski patroller at the time was friends with, um, the Calgary line skis rep, who Ken Domoreski, he does like vocal and stuff now. He might have mentioned to Dave that they needed like an am. They were looking for some young kid in the, our area, and then he told him my name, and then it, it kind of just went from there. And, and since then, I've I've been riding for 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 line. Um, and since then, Ken's left the company, and and I got more involved with Dave Blazak and Josh Malchek over the years, but it was it was all from like one dude in town being like, hey, like Dylan's Dylan's pretty good at skiing. And then they then it all just snowballed. And and I think ever since I was given that opportunity, I've always just felt really like bound to those companies and that I really wanted to, I don't know, just do the best I can to like represent them and push myself, I guess. And so this this ski career I mean, how, I guess, conscious were you of like, I'm going to be this skier and biker and kind of be known for both? Never. <laughs> I still don't want to, I don't still don't think like that at all. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I just like biking. Yeah, no, I, I like, I like biking and I, I really like, I just love taking videos of stuff. Like I love like going out with everyone and we all go sesh a corner and we film us like, you'd get a couple clips of making the sound on your tires and making your tires go brat and like, Everyone has so much fun, and, and, and that's, like, one of my favorite things to do. So I think just that, doing that all the time, I guess, has brought this little biking thing I'm doing. But honestly, biking is not something that I consider myself to be a, I don't know what you would call that, as an athlete as. So I just really like doing it. Now I'm really lucky that I've got a couple people that are supporting me with, with things. Um, pretty much all thanks to the, the, the shop in town, Straight Line. They, like, Ian, the guy that owns Straight Line, has always been like super supportive of like me and all of all of us. Really lucky to have those guys. Let's talk about some of the filming stuff, just in terms of your interests there. I mean, did this start quite young? No, that's uh, that was like as soon as digital camera. As soon as my this is all. It's funny. I keep as we're talking about it, it all stems from my dad. As soon as my dad got a digital camera that could take like horrible videos, it was like we would. He'd be like, oh, it can take videos. Cool. And then you like. You know, he taught me how to use Movie Maker somehow, and he must have known, figured it out himself, and then showed me Movie Maker, and like, oh, look, you can put the little potato vision clips from our digital camera onto the computer, and uh, just, I don't know when that was, maybe when I was like 11 or 11-ish, and I've just always loved editing videos and going out and filming, so it started with me and my dad doing it, because it was at the age where like you didn't necessarily just 100% go out skiing with your friends, and then uh, and then it just, I don't know. I, I always loved it through high school, and then in high school, I got to, I got to do a uh, independent video course, which was like I took independent art, and was like, 
hey, I can do art, but it's videos. So I like <laughs> was able to get like a free block in like grade 11 and like made it made up a course for myself. And the art teacher was like, yeah, that's legit. I'm like, cool. So now I have a spare. This is awesome. And uh, and then I got a bit of work and then I worked at, uh, I worked at Straight Line, the bike shop for a long time. And eventually, I think the first year I was out of high school, I worked at Straight Line as, as on the floor selling, selling stuff. And, and the first day I had to work during the day, I, it snowed like a hundred centimeters overnight and it was like minus 30. And, I, and then I, I went to work and they're like, no, you can't be here. You have to leave. So I'm like, okay, well I can't work during the day anymore. Like that's just, I'm never working during the day again. That's not, that's not reasonable during the winter for me to work during the day. And so I got all my shift switched so I could work in the afternoon. And then eventually I just didn't work during the winter and I, j I just made videos to like cover my expenses. I didn't, I didn't live away from home at the time yet. So I was still living with my parents, so I didn't need very much money. Um, and so I would make videos of like skiing and stuff to like pay the bills during the winter, bills being, I don't even know what, <laughs> food, food and stuff. Snacks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, and then eventually, uh, the, I, I was, I'd be doing my taxes at the end of the year and be like, wow, I, I actually did more videoing during the winter than I worked than I did working at the bike shop in the summer, and so I should just do this all year round. And and kind of just was like, well, I'm just going to do this now. And then it's been like six years now of of doing it full time. But I I have a different different relationship with uh, my filmmaking business than I did when I was uh, living with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good thing. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about maybe first. Let's talk about kind of your life in front of the camera and then maybe we can come back and talk about life behind the camera but um i want to ask you about burlaps 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 sucks that's the motto <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our uh that's our catchphrase <laughs> it's a good one T tell me about it burlaps is like the best time of my life ever yeah that was the best so um Burlap started literally like as I like my two my two really good friends growing up, uh, Josh and Brody McSkimming, they're brothers. So Josh is the same age as me, and and then Brody's like two years younger than us. Josh and I have been like best friends from like grade three, and then like on and off because he was a really successful hockey player through uh, high school, and uh, and then so he was always busy. And then Brody Brody had like a on off relationship with rails where he would only ski rails for his teenage years. <laughs> we like live in Fernie where our rail parks like. You know, not that substantial, and the powder skiing is great. And Brody would just be hiking rails, <laughs> and then, uh, and then eventually Josh was uh, done playing hockey, and and we're all kind of in our twenties or like 21, 20, and, and just like had tons of free time in the winter, and and was we're making videos, and uh, kind of started with a little T2i. Actually, it's sitting beside me, the T3i with a little eight mil Rokinon lens on a handle, and we made a bunch of fisheye videos and. At this time, I was like, burlaps is this funny thing that we do, and like we just don't care and make it to like rock songs and have fun. And it's like a, it was like a really nice, fun, creative outlet for me. Cause at this point, I was like trying to do competitions or like take myself all seriously and stuff. And like, oh, I should do this or what that, or I should make this. And then this burlap stuff I do with Josh and Brody, they just like, both of them just take life and they're like, everything's not important. Let's just have fun about stuff. And, uh, all of a sudden, these little videos started doing better than any of the stuff I was trying really hard at. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Like it was a it was a cool, a cool, like a cool experience for me to get to just have so much fun with like these two people that were like the 
the best to hang out with. And then uh, eventually we, we got snowmobiles and started not necessarily taking the filming more seriously, but trying to film them a little better. Like we just, all of us just loved Nimbus so much that we were just trying to copy what Nimbus was doing. <laughs> like we'd go to Whistler and be like, oh my God, there's this Nimbus cliff, let's go hit that. <laughs> like, so, that's, so That's actually a really solid plan, I think. I think yeah, you it was guys, like, it's a, there's a bit of blueprint, a very good blueprint laid out. Yeah, and I mean, and me, like I, I'm like, I, 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 try, I try really hard at stuff. And those guys are just like, they're just really good at everything. And so it was good because they, they kind of mellowed me out and kept me from like trying too hard at things. And then they, then I could like structure stuff so we would all go do things together and like make a video and like go snowmobiling and do these trips. But when we were out there, it was just having fun and not caring at all about <laughs> what it would look like or if it was good enough or, or any of that. So it was, it was just like a really nice, solid, fun time <laughs> to do. Give me one specific highlight or story. Oh my God. Let me see here. I gotta look at my computer. Oh, the <laughs> I got so so I was gonna look up uh, all of the videos to see if I can remember a great story, but um, all our burlaps account got deleted. <laughs> we went the way of Nimbus. We followed them too closely in their footprints. No. <laughs> yeah, no. The burlaps videos don't really exist anymore. Just accidentally. No, Vimeo was like, you have used way too many unlicensed songs. We are getting rid of oh, these. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, I remember that one day. I, I can't remember. I think I got like an Instagram message like, hey, how can I find this video? And I went to look for it. And I'm like, oh, oh, they, de they deleted the whole account. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> That's interesting because yesterday I was watching, I think, Intersection and was like, this is amazing that I've never seen a ski video set to Sweet Caroline. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I so that's one thing apparently. So we we did intersection and um and we intersection intersection killed us. It was the like any crew that's like oh intersection will be really fun. Let's do that. It's like the most like oh, it's such a deadly event. It's so hard on your body <laughs> because you have like a week to film this backcountry video, and the snow might suck or like that you don't have much time and you're trying to win like ten grand. So you like try really hard and like. So we had one friend during intersection blow his knee on the third day, dislocated his knee, and then Brody on the two days after it ended because we stayed to keep filming, broke his jaw and compound fractured his jaw into his ear canal. Oh man! And so his like ears are bleeding. <laughs> he was like trying to snowmobile out, and, like, and then like I think Josh is trying to drive Brody's truck home from Vancouver after Brody was at the hospital and the wheel flew off the car and like <laughs> Brody's snowmobile, all the shocks broke because we're trying to double too many people like. So that, that trip was like the hardest trip we've ever done. And then uh, by the time the intersection event came around, we're like, oh, well, we, we were like, me and, me and Brody, I think, had to play, we played in like a, C we, well, Brody, Brody went to school, but we played in a CCR cover band and we had a show that the same night as intersection <laughs> in Fernie. So we, we stayed and played that and then found out we freaking won the event. <laughs> and we're like, are you kidding me? We didn't go? Like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> and like people in the crowd apparently were like, I saw some videos, everyone's like singing to the Sweet Caroline song and they're all like, it, it just was like, I'm like, how do we not go to that? Damn it! <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, it was really cool that we, we, we won the event and, and the video was, it turned out great. Yeah. But, and found out that you won while performing CCR covers. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, I remember. Well, it was the same night, so and I was I was playing drums, and I just like, 
turn my phone off. Like I was like, I'm not, because otherwise I'll be looking at my phone the whole time. So I like turned my phone off and then went outside and, and like turned it on. It was kind of like waiting after the show outside the bar. And then I got like 15 texts all of a sudden. And I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> I want to ask you about a couple skis. We think a lot and talk a lot and write a lot about skis and review them and that kind of thing around here. And you've been on a lot of different line skis over the past several years. Give us your top three. Oh, this is, I'm going to have to, I'll say them, then I'll give them in an order. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the bacon with the Pink Floyd graphics, like the, like the sunset, that, that ski. So I filmed with that ski, or I skied with that ski for a whole year. And then I put in a Super Unknown submission and I got to go to Super Unknown. And then I, I gave them to Brody. Because at that time Brody and Josh were they didn't they weren't getting skis from line that I they were just riding the skis that that I that I gave them afterwards and then Brody used them for a year and then he got a super unknown submission or like got to go to super unknown on those skis and then someone else skied them for a year so now they're just these like legendary <laughs> pair of skis that all of our and they, and they were so fun and then I always have loved the Mordecai that ski has like the nicest side cut ever in my opinion and I love the flex of it. And then the Sick Day 114 is like definitely my favorite one. Yeah. Amen. I love yeah, that I ski. I love that ski. <laughs> that was synchronous. What length do you spend the most time on in the SD114? Ah, the little, the, the 180. I ski little tiny skis now. I remember when they first came out with them, the purple ones, Dave was like, oh, I've got a pair of new Sick Days. Like, they're going to be sweet. Here, I only have them 180. I'm like, 180? That's tiny. Like, all right, I, I guess. Like, they're stiff. And then I, I skied them for, I don't know, like I skied them all year, just like religiously, like loved them. And I like, for, since then, I just love tiny skis. And people will be like, they'll send me messages like, are, are, is this a weird photo or do you have tiny skis? Like, <laughs> I have tiny skis. <laughs> well, so what's, I just love... what's like your height weight? I'm one. I'm six two, one seventy five. You know what would totally round this out though? These days on your tiny skis a red full face helmet. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like to I would like to submit That's what it is, yeah. that every time you're out on the mountain you're back in the re in a red full face. That would be amazing. I should get a red full face snowmobiling helmet. That would be amazing. So think yeah, think about funny. it, consider that. I think that that little full face I'm pretty sure my red full face is still in my parents' house. It must be. There's no way it's not there. <laughs> Our managing editor Luke Kappa, he wanted me to ask you how many times have you slammed while skiing switch on the Pescado? Oh, dude, not that many. Okay. It's because it's so scary. You're like overcompensating completely. <laughs> it's definitely scary. Like the thought of skiing switch on that thing. So you. It's got like a, it's got tiny little twin tips that work pretty good. Like the, the little, the little, little fish tails. They like a little bit there. <laughs> okay. So you've avoided, you've avoided carnage. I'm just scared of landing switching and snapping them, like snapping the little like tail, but it like it never never has happened. Like they made them good enough. <laughs> yeah, like hitting hitting park, hitting the like I guess yeah, we did a bunch of switch skiing on them on, in the park. It I just turned my brain off for that and was like, this works. These are good. These totally are good for this. I'm not gonna think about it. I'm not gonna yeah. think about it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about style. Describe your skiing style in a sentence. Loose. <laughs> and spastic. 
very hyperactive. <laughs> this is a phenomenal description, by the way. Loose, spastic, and hyperactive. And I, I don't like work out or like I'm not very strong. So I think everything I do is like very like however the easiest way for my body to handle it. And I, I really hate like sloppy landings. They like drive me insane. So I've definitely done a few things where it's like a sloppy backseat landing, but I just couldn't do it any better. But I really like a clean like forward like hands in the pockets landing. That's like one of my, that's like the trick can be whatever. But if my, if my like landing is clean and forward, I like really like that. But I just I can't do it all the time. It's too hard. Skiing's really hard. <laughs> What's your favorite trick? Flat three Japan. Man, Luke Kappa. I mean, we I told you, Dylan, before we started recording this that Luke Kappa had said I asked him just a few days ago. We did an interview, and I was like, "Name your favorite skiers," and you and Marcus came up which is very high praise but in in <laughs> crazy in proving this luke wrote this question as well what's your favorite trick and then he put in the side notes my guesses flat three japan yeah nice good one yeah so you've got <laughs> it's a the best real... trick because it's it's like super like it's really not that like complicated because it's a backflip and you can do it off anything it's awesome good ingredients for a trick i think yeah, I think I'd really like cork threes, but I just really never ride park jumps, and they're really hard to do on cat tracks. Hmm. <laughs> Say more about that. So you're not spending much time in a park. No, I, I mean, I love skiing park, and it's really fun. I love skiing rails and, and, uh, and jumps, but in, in Fernie, we have, like, we actually, our rail park, like, through the year will turn into a pretty sick, like, really fun little rail park. Um, and then, but we've just, there was, uh, there's been no jumps at, at like no park jumps in Fernie for a majority of my life. Like probably when I was like 12, they took away like having, they stopped making a park with jumps. Um, and so now there's like, <laughs> we're just cat, we're just cat track people in Fernie. <laughs> we have like a really weird affection for cat tracks and <laughs> it's awesome though. Like all the kids, like it's not just me. It's like everyone is like. Oh yeah, the, dude, the the like the timber cat track's so good right now. Oh, like the one under White Pass, the lip, like the groomer just. <laughs> it's, oh, like the mogul tranny, like you just gotta go a little farther, and, <laughs> and they like. But the kids now, like, they're the high school kids are now old enough that they're just complete freaks. Like they they call themselves drive through is like their Instagram stuff, and they are psychos. Like it'll be so hard, and they'll just be like trains like cork sevening like thirty five foot cork sevens into moguls and like. They're all just, it's, they're psychos. It's awesome. They're the best. Yeah. So fun to ski with them. Yeah. We're going to get back to that, touch on that topic in a second, but I want to finish up here on the style thing. Having watched some of your ski edits, having watched some of your bike edits, it kind of seems like your skiing style translates pretty well to biking. Would you agree? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so funny. I went, I went riding, me and, my, me and Soph went riding with uh, Josh Melchek in Seattle the, uh, last fall. And like, we were like riding a trail and like, I'm like riding behind, or r Josh is riding behind me and he's just laughing. He's just like, you ride your bike is exactly the same as how you ski. <laughs> <laughs> and I never thought of it like that. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then like someone rides behind my wife, like Soph, and, and they'll be like, oh my God, you ride the same as your husband. Because <laughs> she's like always... <laughs> Flicking her bike around and shit. Just you and the wife <laughs> getting loose and spastic yeah, on the, on the trails, loose. huh? I asked you about ski gear. We got to talk bike gear. I think you've got to be one of the very few people out there 
using a Santa Cruz 5010 in the bike park. Ah, oh, you'd think that, but it's a big trend. It's like, uh, so Santa Cruz, like, I've heard, I first of all, I am so lucky to have support from Santa Cruz. That is like, they, I cannot believe that they are remotely supporting me for some reason, which is awesome, because I really, really like their bikes. Um, the 5010, like, they, they, I remember them saying, like, yeah, the, it's the, literally the best dirt jump bike we've ever made by accident. And it's, it just, it jumps really good. Like, it's a huge slope bike. It's like a big squishy slope style bike. It's awesome. Um, but I mean, like if you follow biking, like you watch those 50, like what 50 to one's doing and they're, they're like, they're doing so much crazy stuff on, on their trail bikes. And it's like, you know, doing, doing like one eighties and weird, like switch riding stuff. And I, I grew up with more dirt jump stuff. So I, I just was like, I really want to try and do these tricks on my trail bike and see if I can do them. Cause it's, I love riding this bike. And now I've ridden my trail bike for too, like way too much this year. And I, barely ride my dirt jump bike and I tried to dirt jump last night and now my bike feels tiny. <laughs> I'm like, like, ah, oh. so then I have to relearn how to dirt jump. But I, I like, yeah, I don't know. I love the, I love my 5010 for, for doing tricks and stuff. And I have it set up like really stiff, <laughs> like unreasonably stiff, but it's not necessarily that good for it to dirt jump. <laughs> the poor headsets definitely got a bunch of broken bearings in it. Huh. So this is, I think, one of the things I was interested in talking with you and you, you know, a couple minutes ago, you were talking about, you know, the drive-through crowd, right? Like ripping around. And I was saying to you that I think that this is um, currently a bit unusual where there's somebody like you who is really good on a bike, really good on skis. And I don't think that we used to see all that much of this, my sense is I think we're going to be seeing more and more of this. I, I mean, I think like my personal opinion on why that's happening is, is this whole social, like, I mean, especially with like Instagram stories now and stuff like that, just social media is like, if you're an action sports athlete and you're, especially if you're at like a pro level, like a really high level where you're making your sole income from, from action sports, like you, uh, your social media appearance is, is it has to be fairly like I don't know engaging like it just you, you know like everyone feels so pressured because their income for their lifestyles is based on this so in the middle of summer when you're not skiing like oh hey look at this other thing I do so I think that's just like naturally how you have more of a glimpse into these athletes lives where bef before it, it was like okay I'm in a magazine I'm in a movie like now I have my downtime and maybe those skiers were going climbing and they were playing soccer or they were riding their mountain bikes but it wasn't so much not pressure, but like accessibility to like show people your life. Like you can just put up an Instagram story and reach like, you know, if you have 80,000 people following you, all of a sudden these 80,000 people like see that you're like, oh, he like is really into like hacky sack or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Pro hacky sacker. <laughs> and then, but then the natural progression of that is it's like everyone, I think everyone that's a professional act, action sports athlete has like an internal drive to be like, doing something fun, doing something cool, and then also has that little intonation to like share the cool things that they're doing with people, you know? Like, I did this cool rock climb and now I'm like excited about it so I wanna take a photo of it or like I did this hit when I went biking and you know, it's not, not so much like I have to do this because I need to be, but I think people that maybe that aren't, aren't, they're not so honest that, they, that they're like that, but I think if you are an action sports social media person, you're, you just kinda like doing that. In the summer, I ride my bike and I just like like posting stuff on my Instagram page because it's it's like a fun way to like 
you know, you're not out filming a full length video or something, but it's like, oh, here's like six clips from today that are like do a trap song and it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's just like, it's just fun. And it's like, but then you have this, it's so easy to reach all these people and like, and like look back on it. So Instagram's this whole other world of like just video content. Jumping tracks. You've talked a little bit about music. Let's talk about music. Um, when did this start? What are you up to with it? Who are your inspirations? I like, I used to play drums in a death metal band when I was a kid. <laughs> what was the name of the band? <laughs> with, we were the Sandbox Soldiers because we played in the Sandbox and then we'd have band practice. That's amazing. <laughs> Excellent. That's also with my skiing friends. So my friends that I was skiing with when I was like what we were saying about the snowblading days, it was a similar, similar timeline. So like 10 to 12 or like maybe like 9 to 11, like 9 to 12. And uh, we actually played shows and we played at the like Taste of Fernie, which is like a food truck festival before food trucks were a thing and, and played at like... There was like a punk show in Sparwood, which is like the Shelbyville of Fernie. My friend Tyrone's gonna kill me for saying that. And then, <laughs> and, uh, and then kind of lost it and didn't didn't do it anymore and grew apart from the people I was like playing music with. And and then my friend Kevin played music and he I borrowed a pair of drums and then started playing again, then started going to jam nights and then me and Soph got a we adopted our little dog Lucy and moved into a house with a basement and a yard and I bought a pair of drums and then our roommate played guitar and then all of a sudden now we have a cover band and we'd go play at jam night and then after a couple like a year of playing all the jam nights in Fernie and developing a little band like totally without we weren't like trying to do that it just kind of event evolved and now uh, now I'm now we play like you know like maybe five or five or eight shows a year at like the local bars and it's it's so fun <laughs> like the the dudes I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a self-taught drummer and like not necessarily I'm not like very good at it I think I I just whenever I do something I try to do I try really hard at it um, but the guys that I play music with are, are phenomenal and are, are, are the singer I, I play with Tyrone is like a huge personality and he does an amazing job so when we play a show it it like it, it, it sells the bar out and then we like have this like sold out bar and like people like you know like crowd surfing and mosh pitting and all our friends and stuff and it's it's like insanely fun and I like can't believe that I actually get to do it because we kind of just fell backwards into it I guess two things one in my head and so don't set the record straight here because I just want to keep it this way what <laughs> in your sandbox soldiers days you were definitely drumming in the red full face Oh no, yeah, yeah. I think no, I think I was, ah, I was no, yeah, no, yeah, I was no, no, I was wearing it. I wearing it at the shows. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> no, the way I remember. <laughs> um, and then what is the current band name? <laughs> so this is actually funny. So we're our name is Shawnee J and the Boys. Shawnee <laughs> J and the Boys. <laughs> yeah. So and, and but the best Shawnee J is not even in the band, which is awesome. <laughs> And he hates it. He hates it so much. <laughs> like people, people be in town like, oh, you got a show coming up. He's like, oh, I don't, I'm not in the band. Far. <laughs> like he hates it, but it's just gone too far now. And okay. uh, we were like at a jam night and the guy, Topo, the guy that runs it, it was like, oh, what's your band name? And like Sean's sitting in at the bar drinking a beer. And we're like, yeah, we're Shawnee J and the boys, just like as a joke. And then all of a sudden now that's the band name and it's awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. But he came up, it was his birthday, and we play like Mother by Danzig, and that's like, he yeah. loves, 
that kind of music. Like yeah. that's like his that's like one of his and he can sing it pretty well. And he freaking came on stage and sang all of Mother with us. And wow. he never like sang on stage and it was super impressive. This is like the best Shawnee J and the boys moment ever. Yeah, it was. It, you nailed it. Huh. <laughs> you already you already get it. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that's my little yeah, that's one of my little fun things I get to do, yeah. Okay, so when you're not playing, what kind of music are you listening to? Uh, I like, I've been down like a, I mean, in the last like year and a half, I've gone, I used to be really into classic rock and stuff, and now I've gone down this like alternative punk, like pop punk emo thing, and it's just like, it's, it's the, I can't listen to my music anymore with my friends. It's, it's too, it's too, uh, like, like modern day Blink-182 is kind of where I'm at right now. Oh, no. And I don't think, I don't think that anyone else in the world, like, there's, and yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe people that, like, follow me have no idea, and they also like the same bands, but maybe, they probably don't. <laughs> it sounds like a cry for help. No, it's awesome. Modern it's so day sick. Blink-182. Give me, well, I need a specific band. Oh, frick, okay. Uh, well, the, there's one band, the Front Bottoms, that are really popular. And then there's another band, Mom Jeans, which is really sick. But it's just like, oh my god, the saddest music and like the sickest, the sickest music and just so sad. Just angsty crap about being sad. <laughs> it's like so opposite of my lifestyle. Yeah, it's like exact opposite of everything yeah. I think about you. So right? Isn't that, yeah, it's Balances really you out, and I mo- guess. Modern Baseball is a great band and... But no, yeah, like I said, like no one I hang out with other than Kevin can like we like literally have one friend that's into this music and it's Kevin. <laughs> You're Kevin's like, the uh, best, hey Kevin, you uh you want to come over and listen to some mom jeans? Yes, we well me and Kev and uh, and Soph went to well Kevin lives in Victoria because 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 he's going to art school. Obviously, my friend into emo music is going to art school right now. So we went to Seattle to go see Mom Jeans and this other band, Just Friends, and it was like the sickest concert I've ever been in my life. And we stayed at Will's place, and Will and his girlfriend came with us, because Will also likes sad girl music. <laughs> anyway, so we went to Mom Jeans, and I ended up like getting to like fully do like a six like running stage dive and like a crowd surf back onto the stage, and there's like 50 people doing this. So all of a sudden, the stage at the end of the song is like completely full of people, and it was just like so sick. It was so fun. But <laughs> let's talk a bit about life behind the camera ah uh, um okay so i like i i mean i think people that that know me or like and stuff they they know that i'm a filmer and or or, or whatever but uh that's that's what i do full time for for work is is filmmaking um lots of like uh tourism or like brand promotion or uh small business promotion I used to do a bit of weddings, which were fun, but I, it's like you have to own like so many cameras and like if a camera breaks in the middle of the day or it's just so stressful. And I hate charging regular people that much money. They're just like poor people. They're not a company. Um, a year ago, I switched instead of operating under my personal name, I, I changed it to and set up a, a small business um, stuff. I call it Air Films, like A E R E Films. And uh, so then I can separate um, Filmer Dill and, and Skier Dill, a biker guide, biker guide Dill. Because I, I don't know, I didn't. I don't know. I don't like the. I, I, I for some reason didn't find if you're if you're like an action sports guy and you're like trying to promote your film business, but then the next post you're like doing a flip on your bike. It like just takes credibility from both things. And I also like in a in a business setting you want to take yourself somewhat seriously. And in my personal life, I absolutely do not like doing that at all. So, so I tried to separate them. Um, but yeah, I, I just this summer I was really lucky. I got to do lots of like a cool. Uh, uh, mountain bike tourism campaign 
around in BC and then uh, a little bit of race filming for mountain bike stuff and uh, and then in, in the winter like I I, uh, I shoot a little bit and I try to not shoot as I try I kind of I, get, I shoot like through December and January and I, I like to say I, I get to be a pro skier for like two months of the year. That's, that's enough. Uh, so I take like February, March and then, I, then I'd be a skier guy and ski every day and then in the, in the other times. I mean, I am skiing every day, but I'm still trying to, trying to pay the bills. <laughs> I can't wait for you to set up your emo dill Instagram account. I'll be your first yeah, follow yeah. when that one. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, that's gonna be good. I'm telling you, that's one thing. We're gonna we're gonna do a tour. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> that's that's the five year plan. Be in an emo band and do tours across Canada. I can't write like I like my my friend Kev's like he's he's the same as me. He's like just super happy go lucky, and then he but he he can like write songs. I cannot write songs. I don't have enough emotion. <laughs> You I don't have like enough. I, just, I think you have emotion. Yeah. I don't. Maybe you don't have enough emotional range. That's exactly it. <laughs> but I can play drum tracks to it. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. This has kind of already come up in this very conversation. You keep mentioning just all these various friends of yours. You know, kind of a thing where you're like, oh, Kev, he's sick skier. You know, whatever. Uh, there are so many good relatively unknown skiers and riders, bikers out there, what skier or biker do you kind of think is like criminally flying under the radar? Oh, Ozzy. Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy. He's, uh, he's one of our really good friends, and he is a savage. Like last night we're riding jumps, and, and he's like, first hit on the mulch jump, he's like, oh, first try Monday. And he just does a flip whip, like a backflip tail whip, and he just like stomps it, and it's sick. And it's like, Oz has like never had sponsors, never like, he's just better than everyone else. And we were like talking about, talking about weekend warriors, and we're like, we're like, oh, Ozzy's the best weekend warrior. And Paul's like, no, like, he's just a pro rider that isn't pro. Like, he can't even be in that category, because he's, but I think a lot of these people that are, that are amazing at it, like it's, it's so, like, you, it's so easy to get yourself out there now that if you aren't, if you're, if you're criminally underrated, it's, it's by choice, you know, like you, you just love the sport and you don't, you don't want to do the emailing. You don't want to do the, like the, the stuff to like promote yourself or, or, or push it, push the whole, um, brand identity of you and, and you just love riding. And I, I think that's like amazing when people are so down to scare themselves and push themselves and do these crazy things but literally just because it's for fun and it's it's like just they just love doing it because it's like because none of it is like fun when you're like on the in run and you're like oh my god i'm terrified <laughs> it's, like, it's like fun when you like land and you're riding away and you're like <laughs> huh yeah and i guess turns out like being a pro involves being terrified a decent amount yeah totally i always like and I, it's so i can't imagine these dudes that are making like like that are that are that are like the 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 top top of the line like, like I, I always reference Brandon like Seminok like Brandon when he 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 works harder than anyone has ever worked in any job ever and it's like, he he's like the the greatest mountain biker of all time but it has worked harder than you could ever work as a lawyer to like you know make be this like super successful lawyer guy like it's it's just takes an immense amount of work to be uh you know the best in the world at something or like even the top 30 best in the world, like that are filming with filming spines in Alaska with TGR or like, or like even all those, you know, Payben and Lucas doing the, the bunch stuff. Like those guys work so hard at their craft. It's, it's incredible. 
I do think there are a ton of kids out there. And so I love that, like you talking about Brandon, um, it's, or, and the bunch and everybody, it's like, guess what kids, you see these little clips or you watch unreal and it's like, this shit is hard. And there's, it's, yeah. the, it's the tip of the iceberg. And I, and again, I think like, you know, the conversation with LJ, right? It's like, well, here's this goofy knucklehead park skier. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not true at all. And I, th I think we do a bit of a disservice in the ski world and kind of outdoor media in general that, and, and LJ agreed with me. And I was like, dude, LJ, like you tell me if you think I'm wrong or just being too narrow here, but it just sometimes feels like we won't talk about other stuff. And I think it can lead to this perception of like, well, shit, you know, I want to do what Dylan does. Apparently he just skis and rides bikes and it's awesome. And like, I want to do that. And so, I don't know. I just always think that's a really good, it's like, regardless of what you're doing, even if it's doing a ski edit or a cool bike edit, it's like the shit takes work or you're going nowhere. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely like, I always, I always thought like, I think when I was younger too, it, I was like, oh, if I ever had this opportunity or if I was there at this time, like, oh, all we got to do is go to like this sick terrain with like a filmer and then it'll be like sick and it'll be so sick and then like i've had these times when we're like filming in bc and it's super deep and we've got the filmer we've got a guy with a drone like we're all totally set up to ride these sick pillow lines and i'm like wow this is terrifying like this is so big and so hard and you know you fall or something you're like damn like it was it's just really humbling when i think when you're younger or like not even when you're younger but when you're 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 not necessarily, you, you think that there's a better way to do it or more opportunities like, oh, if only I was like in Whistler or like filming the stuff that the big picture films. It's like, well, we were like in the same place, the big, like that Parker White did his like crazy dub cork 10 or whatever off this thing. And the snow was sick and the light was sick and we had everything we needed. And it's like, it was really hard and really scary. And it was like really humbling to be like, no, I can't do this thing that this guy does. <laughs> like they're amazing. Like it's insane how good and how much work and how, and needing, you need to be so good at snowmobiling, it's wild. Yeah, I'm always very, very, I, I've, I start with like a low bar of my snowmobiling quality and I'm very humbled every time I go out with like, like I went to, I was in Whistler with Mike King this year and just got wrecked trying to sled up stuff. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, and I like, I'm like a backcountry guy that like sleds and stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's just hard for everyone. It's just a lot of work. But 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 it's a balance. So I try and keep it to be like still enjoyable, but enjoyable to the point where it's still interesting if people are watching it, you know, like, but but not like, you know, drive myself nuts because I can, I, I personally, I, I can get so wrapped up in my own head about like, yeah, it's just like I was talking about landings. Like you just, you don't have the right landing and you're like, oh, get all frustrated and mad because you like didn't do it the right way. And then you, in July, you watch the clip and it's, you're like, oh, that was fine. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I always say that when we're skiing in the backcountry in like Jan, and it'll be like January, and we'll be hitting a jump, and be like, oh, I just have to do this again, so I like it in July. <laughs> like this, I don't want to do this now, but I have to, or else I'll be bummed later in the summer when I'm trying to edit this full part. <laughs> well, hey, Dylan, this was fun. Thanks, and uh, yeah, look forward to uh, doing it again sometime down the line. I appreciate uh, appreciate talking to you. That was really fun. Cool. All right, man. Take care. That's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. Thanks to Dylan for the conversation. Thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. 
And finally, we hope to see you at Outer Bike right here in Crested Butte from August 16th through the 18th. So come on out, ride some sick bikes on some equally sick trails, and then come say hi to us and come check out Blister HQ. Thanks, everybody, and we will talk to you again next week.